Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. You're on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome to Health Suites. We've been talking about the mental stresses of work from home, what they've been on individuals today. We talk about the organizational stresses of the work from home environment. Lindy Greer, Associate Professor for Management and Organizations and Faculty Director at Michigan Ross University, is named as one of three 40 under 40 professors in the Michigan Ross Business School. She has expert wisdom to share on the effects of working from home on a business community. Remote work, she believes, when not carefully approached, lacks the social context of face-to-face work and can bring challenges to communication, motivation and conflict management. We find out more because on Health Suites, we believe your company's health is just as important as your individual health. This is coming up next on Money FM 89.3. Stay with us. Health Suites with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. You're on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon. On the phone, I'm joined by Lindy Greer, Associate Professor for Management and Organizations and Faculty Director at Michigan Ross University, who recently co-wrote an article published in the Harvard Business Review exploring the possibility, practicality and challenges of working from home being permanent. Lindy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here. Absolutely our pleasure. Thank you for staying awake to talk to us. (laughs) <laughs> I'm happy to chat. <laughs> All right. Now, first off, this new normal environment that we've been working in, working remotely, working without direct on-site supervision, what are the challenges at the management level? At the management level, when we work at home and we interact primarily over video call with our colleagues, we lack social contact. And so it's a lot harder to have a, your finger on the pulse of how your colleagues are doing. And this can create challenges. And so, for example, conflicts are more quickly to escalate over Zoom because you're less able to read body language and know when someone's upset. Also, for example, people are more inhibited because you don't have the same type of connection. The upside of all this, though, on the other side, is that that lack of social context forces people to get good at working together. And so, at least when I'm teaching in companies with Michigan Ross on working from home, the bright side is if you can master working from home, it makes you even better when we go back in person because you've truly mastered the social skills you need for teams. So the assumption is we're all going to someday go back to the workplace and reconnect with our colleagues face-to-face. Perhaps or perhaps not. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to see company by company. You know, there's, I've been teaching in remote work in the startup context for a very long time. And there are some companies that actually have as their business proposition remote work. So, for example, Automatic, um, the company that's behind WordPress, mm-hmm. which is, is the majority of the sites on the web, I believe, they were founded to be remote from the get-go. And so their entire organization was built on the premise that remote work offers more opportunity, offers access to a larger talent pool, it offers more worker flexibility. And they've structured the organization accordingly. And so what's very interesting to me, because their CEO has spoken in my class um, before, is that they're so intentional about the choices on the people's side, because you have to be when you lack that social context. So they're very intentional about how do they curate culture and how do you create a, say, for example, a virtual water cooler. They're very intentional about the type of personalities that work well within their culture and their company. And that's very much looked for within interviewing. They even do the interviews, for example, over, I believe, Slack 
just to test out independence, for example, communication skills online. And so, you know, I think companies will vary whether they choose to stay with this remote model, but whatever they end up doing, I do think the current experiences will force this intentionality around people that will be good no matter what type of business model companies use. Okay, now you are quoted as saying remote work is like a magnifying glass for underlying people, issues and companies. People problems that can be glossed Mm -hmm. over or shoved under the rug and face-to-face teams tend to explode. When companies go remote, can you expand on these, I guess, challenges? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're in a meeting in person, as we all used to be, mm-hmm. and you know, notice in a meeting that someone is tense about a decision or doesn't look comfortable with the way a meeting went, A, you notice it, you can see it in a way that you wouldn't necessarily in a Zoom room where you couldn't see someone's foot tapping under the table. And then B, you're able to do something about it. When you're walking out the door, you can walk up to the person and be like, hey, could you chat with me as we walk back to the office? And you're able to have that informal one-on-one time to ask, hey, like I noticed you seemed nervous in the meeting. What was going on? How did you feel about the decision? And you can surface information before it blows up. When you're online, you don't have a chance to fix these things. And so then those little things blow up very quickly. There's a magnifying glass, if you will, in each of these small problems because you lack the social context to both observe as well as to fix things on the fly. And so the underlying problems in your team get exposed very quickly, which means you have to figure out both how do you prevent those problems in the first place and how do you very quickly catch them in a structured way when you don't have the opportunity to do it more formally in person. Right. We're speaking with Linda Greer, Associate Professor for Management and Organizations and Faculty Director at Michigan Ross University. One of the biggest challenges I've heard from colleagues, from friends, who are bosses and, like myself, who are team members, is this whole work in a silo sort of situation. You know, it does feel that if you've got a bad boss or a boss that doesn't have the skills to recognize what you were just talking about and that that does happen, it does create a sense that the team members who are working remotely feel adrift. There's a lack of understanding about the direction their business unit is going because there's a lack of communication that we more easily can fix if it is face-to-face. It does create a toxic environment that might not have existed before we started working from home. How can this be addressed? (laughs) Leadership development. (laughs) I'm sorry, I've been purpose in my life. I run the Leadership Development Center at our university and work with companies all the time for this. And so, again, the upside of this whole crisis is going to be attention to the importance of training people and the basic skills around leadership development and team dynamics. It has a huge demand for companies on these topics right now, which I honestly just think is a great thing, is leadership is a skill that can be learned. You know, it's very much like math or reading, that if you break it down into concrete set of behavioral skills, it's something that each of us can get better at. And honestly, each of us has an obligation to get better at for those around us, be it even our friends and family, as well as our colleagues and those we lead. And so we've been working a lot with companies right now of how do you help your employees develop this type of learning orientation, especially during crises like this, to try out new behaviors, get feedback, and get really comfortable with just constantly innovating and improving on your own leadership behaviors. But wouldn't, you know, working on leadership or improving leadership require the leadership to recognize they lack certain skills. How do you tell your leadership that they <laughs> lack those skills if yeah, you aren't one, one of the leaders? 
So one is positive role modeling yourself for the behaviors that you want to see and hoping it picks up. Um, second one is finding allies within your organization. And so perhaps looking for people who are in positions of power who are noticing the same issue and can get feedback to the leader in a way that you couldn't as a subordinate. Another one is getting in groups of employees to talk to HR about the importance of things like leadership development and having, you know, companies or universities come work with your leaders to improve their skills broadly stated, versus targeting your specific leader. Okay, because this leads... The main thing is find allies who who see the same issue and can help you map the power landscape to make change. Mm. This leads to my my next question about the emotional cost for individual employees and team members who are working remotely who are facing these kind of leadership challenges because they're already feeling adrift and they're already feeling maybe a little bit of suspicion and a little bit of toxicity How do they then find those allies if they're working from home? So hopefully you had a network before we went into working from home. But if not, even just looking around your company over people who might share a like interest on a project or a topic and scheduling those one-on-one virtual coffees. You know, it is important to maintain your network, especially when we're in the current situation. And so making sure that you are finding time to socialize with your colleagues and, you know, take time just to do 15 minutes. How are you? What's going on? And those conversations could often then allow you the chance to brainstorm on ways to solve some of the problems that you're seeing within the culture in your company. And in those conversations, as you're networking with different people, hopefully you can find both someone with empower as well as with the knowledge to help you push culture change. I've spoken with executive search professional C-suite leaders on the changes in the definition of what good leadership is that has emerged mm-hmm. since we started work- working remotely. Organizationally, how switched on do you think human resource professionals are on these changes and how it's exposed some leaders as maybe lacking some of these skills? I, you know, some are a little bit better at it, some not so much. Is HR onto it? So at least in my experience, companies vary in how much they prioritize leadership and teamwork and developing those skills. You know, some companies have very formalized internal learning and development or collaborations with universities like Michigan. Others are less intentional. And again, this crisis is putting that magnifying glass on all the bad teamwork, all the bad leadership that we see in companies. It was always there. This is bringing it to the foremost of intention. And hopefully will be the spark for change that everybody starts to take things like leadership development very seriously. You know, I work a lot with startup teams and the startups it very often take a very long time to formalize their own internal leadership and learning and development or leadership development programs. And the earlier they do, the better they succeed because, you know, nine out of 10 startups fail, six of those nine failures are people issues. And yet all too often it takes them a long time to realize that. And so I think the current crisis again hopefully will accelerate interest. Mm-hmm. and companies to formalize their leadership development programs. We're speaking with Lindy Greer, Associate Professor for Management and Organizations and Faculty Director at Michigan Ross University. You've talked about and you've written about the intentional approach to people dynamics in remote situations that not only improve the output from the teams, but will also make companies that much more effective when the in-person operations resume again. Could you share some of those insights with us? So the framework that I've been working with with companies when I'm doing um, some of our custom exec ad from Ross is the framework I call COPE. And so if you're looking at the health of your team and ways you can check in on specific skill sets, to think about C-O-P-E or COPE and the C is culture. So how is the team's culture right now? Are we still having those water cooler conversations? And if not, how can we formalize that? 
So, for example, my leadership center for the first part of COVID, we had a Wednesday half an hour game hour where we played games together just to have a chance to connect and build social bonds. Um, always objectives, uh, especially if we're not in the office the same day and, you know, seeing our, you know, performance on the, the door when we walk in of how many widgets we've made today. How are we being clear about our objectives within the team? So, for example, in my own team, we use uh, Asana, a project management software that helps us track our goals and have overview of everybody else's goals to stay on top of that. The P of COPE is processes. So how do we formalize processes, such as the way that we run meetings? You know, maybe we never actually had a protocol for how to run a meeting before. Both in remote work, it's especially critical because, you know, a Zoom meeting with no agenda is even more painful than a face-to-face meeting with no agenda. So maybe now is the time to formalize those processes, the P of COPE. And the final one is experimentation. Is how comfortable is the team with trying out new things, giving each other feedback, and how could you formalize that in terms of having internal learning programs within the team where everybody commits to a new leadership behavior to work on for that week, et cetera. So the easy framework I use, again, to learn the skills you need to thrive in this environment is culture, objective, processes, and experimentation. Okay. Now, before we run out of time, a current buzz phrase that has emerged in the last few months is future-proofing. What advice do you first have for a company at uh, the management level to future-proof? Invest in leadership development, invest in team dynamics, understand what the health is today of that in your organization through frameworks like COPE, where you are systematically doing audits on a regular basis of things like your culture, your objective, your processes, and the quality of experimentation in the company, and then formalize ways to make sure that your company is getting better at all of these through collaborations with universities, through enhancing your own internal learning development programs. But now is the time to get better at it before these things blow up quickly. And what about your advice to individuals? Because future-proofing may mean very different things to them. Absolutely. I mean, so now is the time to lean in your, to your own personal ability to be resilient and to experiment. The world keeps changing around us. So how can we change with it and view it as opportunities for growth versus threats or limitations? And so each day... How can you get out of your comfort zone by trying a different way to show up in a Zoom meeting, by finding a different way to engage a colleague? The more that we get comfortable with change in our daily lives, the easier it is to roll with the societal changes around us. Right. We've been speaking with Lindy Greer, Associate Professor for Management and Organizations and Faculty Director at Michigan Ross University. Lindy, thank you so much for taking the time and staying up for us. It's been great information that you've shared. I'm so glad to take part. Thank you for having me here. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon. You are on Money FM 89.3, Singapore's most influential radio station. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.